Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm David Horton. I'm obviously Scarlett's husband and uh, also the co-minister here at Horton Ministries. And um, today on Women of Substance broadcast, we have a little different kind of a program in the sense that I am co-hosting and co-interviewing our special guest, Reverend Patsy Caminetti. And uh, the reason for that is uh, Patsy and I, um, and Scarlett, we all three go way back into the late 70s and early 80s. Patsy and I worked together on staff at Kenneth Hagen Ministries back in the uh, 70s and the crusade days with uh, Kenneth Hagen and also at healing school there that was started in, uh, in uh, 1979. Uh, after like 40 years in ministry, her message remains fresh. And vibrant, her deep and personal relationship with Jesus, her Savior, has inspired many believers to develop their own relationship with God in a way that is intimate and real. And boy, I have seen this in in action for myself. It's amazing way that God uses uh, Patsy. Living and ministering in places of diverse culture and social settings has given Patsy the opportunity to strip down Christian teachings of a Western tradition to reveal the bare and unedited truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is soluble in any culture and social setting. That's not easy to do, but uh, Patsy and her uh, husband, Tony Caminetti, they have done this and are successful at leading all kinds of cultures and all kinds of people to the Lord. Patsy and her husband, Tony, live in Brisbane, Australia, where they are senior pastors of a growing family church and Bible school. Patsy continues to minister at churches, conferences, and seminars, both in Australia and in many other nations of the world. You know, Patsy was brought up in a Christian home. Her father was a um, full gospel minister and pastor. And uh, uh, all of her brothers and sisters are uh, involved in the ministry and uh, the 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 Beerman Caminetti clan uh, has just uh, continues to minister around the world and reach so many people for Christ. Um, uh, I just have a flood of memories and so does Pastor Scarlett. And you'll see that in the interview that's coming up. Um of our times together in the Lord and with Brother Hagan and, and in the early days of the faith movement. And we are just so thrilled that she is able to join us today. And so, uh, our friend, uh, Patsy, she's a great friend, uh, a real sister in the Lord and also a fellow minister. And the reason we chose her, uh, for this special broadcast uh, and special podcast is because, uh, of just her amazing ministry that she's had for, uh, we won't say how many decades, but a few decades, uh, that we all have had together in, in the world. She's just an, an awesome, an amazing woman of God and an amazing minister. So stay tuned. I believe you're going to really be blessed. In fact, call somebody that you know that needs an uplift today and say, watch this podcast. It's going to bless you. And so I'm excited 
to uh, to see what God's going to do with this particular episode. So stay tuned and listen up and and you'll be blessed. Hello and welcome to Women of Substance. We're so glad that you're listening to this podcast today and uh, David and I are here. We have a very special guest yes. with us and we're just thrilled. Uh, this is, of course, Reverend Patsy Caminetti and um, we've known Patsy for many decades. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say how many. A few. A few indeed. A few decades. Think about That's that. That's right. Let that sink in. <laughs> Uh, David, you and Patsy worked together years and years ago. Well, we did. Um, uh, uh, Kenneth Hagan had uh, come to my father's church in Augusta, Georgia, way back in 1970. And, uh, of course, I was just, you know, a wee child then. (laughs) I was very young, not even quite a teenager. And, uh, so through the, the years of him preaching at, at my dad's church and, and, uh, wow, the revelation that Brother Hagen brought to our family and, and our life, um, really changed us. And, um, Brother Hagen eventually, uh, started a, a Bible school called Rama Bible Training Center. And he, asked me if I would come play the piano. <laughs> he had a singing group. He wanted me to play the piano and play the organ some for some of his meetings. And and so uh, I finally went. He stayed on me about two years about coming. I finally went, moved to Tulsa. And uh, the one of the first people that I was introduced to by Brother Hagen uh, and uh, Mom, we called him uh, Dad and Mom Hagen, was Patsy, <laughs> was... Uh, was already, had already been on, uh, she, she was ahead of me one, one school year, one term at Rama. And, um, she had actually already traveled one uh, year with the Hagans in, uh, some of their meetings and, uh, had helped to put together a singing group and, and kind of a, a forerunner of, of what, uh, uh, the, the group that we, Patsy and I were both in. And, uh, I was, we were assigned to, to work together. <laughs> and, and I don't know, I don't know what our titles were, if we had any or our job responsibilities. I don't know if we ever completely figured that out. We just would do whatever we were told and asked to do. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And, uh, is that right, Patsy? <laughs> oh, it, that is so true. We were all over the shop, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, we just gave it our best you know I, uh, our our backgrounds i think were very similar i was raised in a, my father was a um, classical pentecostal pastor and so was uh, patsy's and we had very similar upbringings and backgrounds and and i think cultures and that in that sense and um and so uh i could play the organ a little and <laughs> patsy could sing and lead singing and, and worship. And, uh, we just ended up involved in a lot of, of, of things, especially live services. And yeah. eventually brother Hagen started a healing school. And, uh, I'll never forget the date cause he always quoted it, you know, October 1st, 1979, he yeah. started a healing school and, 
And so we were involved from that very first day that yeah. we had healing school. And uh, I think um, this is where Scarlett, I think you want to jump in. Um, we, we talk, Patsy, all the time about how healing school and prayer school changed our our own lives, even though yeah. we were all involved in, in doing some of the teaching and, and, you know, worship and all that in it. And well, Scarlett, say something here. <laughs> oh, absolutely, it did. And uh, so, Patsy, how, how did you meet Brother Hagen? How did you get there to Tulsa? Well, David set that up really nice. You know, yeah, I was. Uh, they started a, a, a Pastor Hagen. He wasn't pastoring in those days, but he wanted Brother Hagen to have a singing group. Yeah. Brother Hagen didn't want to have a singing group. <laughs> but uh, Pastor Hagen really insisted that he should have a singing group to, to travel with him. And so uh, they started in January, the year that I went to school. Uh, I went in 76, and then that looped around to 77. In January of 77, uh, that group Faith Creation, which David was in the Faith Creation group, not the Ramos Singers and Band. We were in the Faith Creation group. And uh, yeah, but uh, so that's how that's that's how I got to to have a personal connection with Brother Hagen. He was he'd been teaching me in school. And back in those days, he was teaching every day unless he was on the road. And then we right. got him every day in video. We had him every day. Yeah. And so um, uh, the first meeting that we went on was uh, down to John Osteen's in Houston. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, I remember I, by that time I'd been in school for a while and I was just so thankful for his ministry and it had just so altered so many things for me. Mm-hmm. And um so I remember praying and this wasn't in the this wasn't in the new place where John Osteen was. This was way back, you know, <laughs> where there there were the tabernacle. Yeah. It was tabernacle and little barracks and stuff. I yeah. remember praying there in a prayer room. Uh, I said, God help me to be a blessing to this man. Yeah. I don't even know what in the world I could ever do to be a blessing to him. And he said, pray for him. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. <laughs> and that, and then, um, oh, I do remember when David came then that next year, uh, in, well, it was in 77, but it was in the fall of 77. Yeah, that's right. School year. Yeah, I do remember that. And yeah, oh my, the, the <laughs> stories, good stories and also escapades. And they're all a part of this delightful, um, when I look, when I look to those years, David, it's just, just so sweet. And then Scarlett, then we were roommates. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We're all three guilty here. Oh, we so are. Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> um, it it was a wonderful time when I was there. I was there in 1980, and yeah, uh, uh, Brother Hagen was teaching every day. Um, healing school, yeah. you were teaching prayer school, yeah, and uh, oh, changed my life forever. I still reflect on those times and have all all my ministry. You know, Me just too. really drawn off the yes, that the wisdom and the uh, anointing, and then 
too, you know, Dave and I were talking yesterday um, how we watched you flow in the in the spirit yes. and flow with the spirit of God. And absolutely, you know, you learn so much just by observing. And uh, uh, oh, I'm so thankful for your obedience in that. And isn't that so needed now in the in the churches and in meetings? Yeah, it is. It really is. And you know, I, Scarlett, and I think David, you'd probably say the same thing, Scarlett, you too. When you don't really think that you're, flo- you don't, you're not so, it's not so, you're not so conscious of like, oh, I'm flowing or something like that. <laughs> right. It's just, it's just, um, you just take a step at a time. And I tell you something else about those days that um, Tony and I talked about. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> also uh, that we're right at that time now. Because we're in the age that Brother Hagen was when, when yeah. we went to school. That's right. And, um, it just is amazing to me the faith that he surrounded us with yeah. to operate in the spirit. Right. Yes. He didn't hold his breath. We were young. That's true. <laughs> I we know. Were perfect. We 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 missed it sometimes, but we never felt scrutinized by him. Yeah. It was like I think it was a part of the faith that he operated in, in God, he surrounded us with, not with fear. He surrounded us with faith. He yeah. turned us loose. Uh, uh, I was, uh, yes. when we started healing school in 79, let's see, I would have been 21. Right. And David's a year older than me, 22. 20, yes. Older and wiser. Oh, indeed. I doubt that. No, I'm just kidding. Thing, I wish I was right. He gave yeah. us. He gave us massive responsibility. Yeah. And I know we've been raised in church and stuff, but I mean, as far as he wasn't protective for his, you know, his name or his reputation or no. he wasn't pulpit hungry. No. Uh, he, he shared um so yes. much yeah. empowering us really in faith to move in the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yeah. And I am so thankful for that. And that's really challenged me in this season. Yeah. Um to That's good. You know, yeah. To really activate people by faith. Don't make them, you know, go through the paces of being perfect yeah. before they can be used of God. Right. Believe in somebody. Draw things out of them. Yeah. And I know he believed in us. Yes. Jesus believes in us. But it's nice when you have somebody that you're working with that's been up the roadways. Oh, absolutely. Really. Yeah. Turns you loose. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things when I went. I Because... um, I, you know, would go to healing school and, and you would move in the gifts of the spirit. And I think, gosh, she's so brave to do that in front of brother Hagen. Sure. <laughs> so that would be really something to, to preach in front of him or to pray or to move in the gifts of the spirit. And so I asked you about it and you said, Oh no, he encourages us. Yes. 
to move and, and flow. He would and, say, just step out, just, yeah, you know, you, you, and you <laughs> felt, you did, uh, you, we did feel, I think all of us felt like that. Um, there wasn't anything you could do to, to mess it up that he couldn't fix. Uh, <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, you know, we were talking, uh, uh, I want to talk some more about this moving, moving in the spirit. You know, there's so much, I mean, I'm still learning, you know, I'm still learning on that. And Me too. You, you do your whole life. Mm-hmm. I was telling Scarlett, I said, you know, as much as Kenneth Hagan loved the word and I mean, the, you know, come on, the, the whole full gospel movement, uh, bestowed on him title of, father of the modern day faith movement. And it's, it's just no doubt about that. And so obviously he was known for faith. His, his, he, he felt his mandate was go teach my people faith. And, and uh, I think that's been memorialized in bronze somewhere, but the, the, the you know, and, and talked about in, 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 yeah. in videos and everything, but yeah. As much as he loved the word and was a word man, he loved equally, if not a little more sometimes, the move of the spirit. And he, one of the things that he began to say, you know, in latter years was, if we don't pass these things on to the next generation, they're going to be lost. Mm -hmm. And you know, when, when he first said that, I think my heart was, Oh yeah, of course. Sure. That makes sense. I don't think I realized until the last couple of years, how prophetic that was because, uh, I feel like we have almost an entire, um, generation that there's a very small percentage that understand that, that understand what we maybe got to the place where you almost take it for granted. Um, you know, how, how to flow. Um, Scarlett and I were talking about those Holy Ghost meetings that you and, and, uh, Keith Moore and myself did. Um, we did, you know, I, I counted up. We did five of them in Tulsa and five in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> wow. And of course, I'm hearing about this. You know, <laughs> and, uh, but I think the very best one, in my uh, opinion, was the first one. Now, you know, the, the one in Los Angeles was was great because the idols fell off the the altar of the cult next door that was renting also a room. Yeah, the yeah. And then, you know, there's funny stuff that happened and 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 interesting. But I think the first one was most endearing. We rented, um, you know, for our 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 listeners today, we 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 rented a. Holiday Inn ballroom on I-44, just heading out of town, you know. And, uh, we didn't even know if anybody would come at all. We just, I don't know, I don't even know where we got the idea. We just said, we're hungry. Let's put on a meeting. Let's just see what, you know, and we called them Holy Ghost meetings. Let's see what God's going to do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so our agenda was no agenda. That was our agenda. We, That's, I, right. I, I that That's right. That's right. Determine or, or have a order of service and which there's nothing wrong with having an order of service. But I mean, we, for these meetings, we didn't want to have an order of service. We didn't have, you know, we figured there'd be some music. We didn't know what, uh, there was going to be something. So we were all set up with, you know, piano, organ, PA system, whatever. 
to go. And we got there, the, the little room that, that we rented was 100 people. And then I thought, well, if we fill that, that will just be great, you know. Well, yeah. 350 showed up the first night. Yeah. So I had to go to the front desk and beg them to open the other doors. And, yes. and they, they quickly, the staff, you know, put the rooms together. I gave them more money, you know, to pay for the rooms or whatever. And, yeah. uh, I, I don't even have words to describe, but you know, you're talking about trying to learn. It was a practice, but trying to learn how to flow in the spirit and, and let God be God. I, I think there's still good things that might be coming from those meetings. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. It, it was, it was an encounter with God. We, I love that, that you said our agenda was no agenda. We yeah. decided, and, and it was absolutely truth. None of us, Keith and you and I, none of us, Right. Wanted to, uh, to be the main guy. No, really no. not. That was right. We shared an absolute, uh, desire, uh, for the move of God, for, yeah. for time with God. And we got it. And I tell you, it, it just was all over. I can't even remember. It just was like a, a river that took us. <laughs> We didn't carry it at all. We we got in it, and it carried us. It was remarkable. And the songs were by the Spirit. And, you know, Keith Keith, uh, came out that first, I think the first song out of his mouth was This Is That. Yeah. Which has been sung and sung. Now people sing some of those choruses. They don't even know where they came from. But I'm telling you, it it was an amazing time. I, I I still can't describe it. I don't know what to tell you, but how old were you? you know, yeah. I think oh. that sometimes those songs can be sung to yeah. make to uh to contribute to have that kind of an experience. But actually that song was a postcard from that experience. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't trying to make something. It right. actually came out of something that was happening. Yeah. And um, so I think we're in this interesting time because the people that came, you know, you know, we had a hunger, but mm-hmm. everyone that came had that same. Oh, it's amazing. Hunger. And you can't fabricate that. You mm-hmm. cannot uh, manipulate that kind of hunger. No. And for, um, I know that for, uh, things to be transferred from one generation to the next, there has to be a, hung- a hunger, a yeah. curiosity, a desire. And, you know, that's why I went to Rama. I was hungry. Yeah. The reason, and we yeah. didn't have, um, we didn't have seating assignments the year I went. You just sit where you want to sit. But I remember us racing to the, to get in there so we could sit on the front row. Yeah. You throw your, your, your Bible yeah. nearly and hope it land on a front row chair, you know, <laughs> you throw it from the back and, and hope it lands. Yeah. People fought in the aisles overseas. 
They yes. got in strife over <laughs> It's kind of nice, though, when you think about it. If you're going to get in strife, get in strife over hunger for the word, right? I know. But, uh, you know, I that is what kind of twinks my heart right now. It's like, yeah. who wants this? Yeah. Who who wants this? Right. Because you can't pass it to people who could care less, you know. I heard somebody say one time, it's impossible to, um, it's impossible to, to feed somebody something that they're not hungry for. Yeah. You know, and we've all had that moment where maybe we, I don't know. We, we, we already had a meal and then you go to a place and they're going to serve you another meal <laughs> and you just go, this look, the food can be beautiful. It can be yeah, better than good. what you ate, but if you're not yeah. hungry, it doesn't even taste good if you force feed yourself. Yeah. So I think that's, that's true. In answer to your question, Scarlett, that was, uh, that was about 1985, um, 86, somewhere in there that we did those meetings. I think it was 85. So y'all are still early 20s. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I love that, that you would step out and have meetings like that on your own. We did. And just, you know, but we would rather in, in, especially in those days, I mean, I, in my, my heart, I haven't changed and neither of you, but we would rather be in a meeting than go to Six Flags or Disney World. I mean, <laughs> Oh, hands down. Oh, absolutely. As, yes. Like because it had that, what you were talking about, it wasn't just good teaching. It had the God factor where you, you were having encounters with God. Yeah. Yes. And, um, oh, you just desire that. You know, I've thought, Guys, because we're here, we're right here, maybe where a lot of downloads should be being made. And I remember Brother Hagen telling about, uh, this was before he started Rama, but it was leading up to Rama, and he would be driving along, maybe going to a meeting or something, and he said, God, this message needs to get out to more people. Yeah. And he'd start weeping and end up having to pull off of the road because he was weeping so much uh, yeah. that, that there would be a transfer of what he felt like what he was carrying. I, and I know what happens. It, it, it starts feeling like a burden, not yeah. in a negative way, but you start feeling the heaviness of what you've carried, what right. you've learned, yeah. what you have experienced in God. And it needs, you don't want to die with it. You want mm -hmm. to pass it on. You want to pass it on. Yeah. And uh, so he was praying about that because the scope of his ministry was just a lot smaller. Right. It it exploded, you know, when he started Rama, but it yeah. was a lot smaller. Yeah. Well, and in fact, in, in Garland, uh, before uh, they made the move to Tulsa, I mean, his, it, it, they have, you know, samples of it and I've seen some of them. The er, the most early Word of Faith magazines were really almost a typed out newsletter. Uh, and he put, basically put that together at, on his dining room table. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like he had, you know, 25, 50, a hundred, uh, you, you know, workers there putting all this 
together. And in fact, in 1970, when he came to preach at my dad's church in Augusta, um, he literally drove his car from Tulsa to Augusta, Georgia. I mean, that's a long trip. Mm -hmm. And, and his, his book table help was mom. Yeah. Hagen would, you know, sell the books. They had a, they had a machine at the office that would bind with string books. You know, you could put a stack in there and hit the the foot switch and it would do the the thing. And uh, (laughs) I'm telling you, uh, they would sell those. They had like a dozen dollar books, they called. And I think if you, if you bought the package, you could get them all for $10. You get, you get like two books free, sort of. But I mean, that was it. It was Brother Hagen and Aretha, and I think Buddy and Pat were back at home, you know, uh, doing things in the office. And you know, eventually, uh, you know, Pastor Ken and Lynette came. But I'm telling you, it was a skeleton's crew. Is the point? Yeah. Uh, in those days, and then it, it seems like. That again, after he started Rama, it just seems like that the, the ministry exploded. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go from obscurity almost in, yeah. I mean, not in certain circles, but, but in a wider circle, um, you go almost really from obscurity to, uh, being one of the most well-known ministers on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's just, you can't, you can't make that happen. Cannot. With your five-year, ten-year plan, I'm just no, telling cannot. you. A committee cannot do that. No, <laughs> no, a committee or a, you know, four steps to whatever. You know, you just it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. But it was, you know, I know it was my experience. The spirit of God spoke to me to go to Rama. It wasn't like I thought, what, what, what school can I go to that would teach the word and yeah. look up, you know, schools and study them? I mean, it was a supernatural right. experience. And I can't tell you how many of my friends said this same thing yeah. that God spoke to them about going to Rama. And, and so it was an, it's just interesting, wasn't yes. it? How, uh, the spirit of God just, uh, drew people there and, and, and it was probably Brother Hagen's cry to to pass on what he had, you know. And Charlotte, I I think that's true. I think that's true. Uh, his his, I think he did maybe what Paul did, you know. Um, Paul got his revelation directly from Jesus. He was caught up to the third heaven. He didn't learn it any, you know, like in some ways. Yeah. He 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 got it from Jesus. It was a great revelation. Mm-hmm. And um, so there was nothing, nothing unpowerful about his message. Right. But Paul said he prayed day and night. And so if the Apostle Paul prayed over his message to get to other people, mm-hmm. it's not just the preaching of it. There must be a, um, I mean, you preach it in the power of the Holy Ghost, but right. yeah, it, there has to be a hunger in the hearts to receive it. Yeah. And, and so I think, I think that prayer preparation, like that Paul did mm-hmm. for the churches and yeah. then what, what, uh, you know, what Brother Hagen modeled, 
And he didn't do it because he read that even in a book. He did it because there was this, this desire happening. And, but I'm sensing that same temperature rising, you know, you, you, uh, for us, Mm -hmm. I think that, um, and we're sensing more of an urgency to, to pray about this, not just pray about, you know, different things happening in the world, but pray about this. Yes. Because, um, because our hearts are getting really hungry for it. Our hearts are hungry for it. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that, I think that our prayers can be ablaze with the anointing Mm -hmm. for the next generation. The Lord really challenged me on something too. He, uh, you know, along this line, he said that, um, you know, with a sparkler, um, how you could, how you start a sparkler is with a match, Mm -hmm. but then the best, the easiest way to start a sparkler then is not a match. It's actually with another sparkler. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the way that you do it on, on the sparkler, you can't light another sparkler by, uh, by touching on what's already been burned. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, uh, light a sparkler on the part that hasn't yet been burned. Yeah. When you're lighting a sparkler, you have to put it to the part that's on fire. Yes. That's that's glowing right then. And the Lord said, um, really challenged me on that. He said, what's going to catch the new sparklers Mm -hmm. isn't what has been or what you're saying isn't. It's what is burning right now. Right now. Yeah. And and I think David and Scarlett, it what we were able to see in those days, there was a burning in Brother Hagen. Yeah. Yes. And it wasn't his cool clothes and his cool hair <laughs> that drew us to Rama. No. It, no. <laughs> it was there was something, something that our hearts were hungry for. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, and it wasn't Brother Hagen. We weren't hungry for Brother Hagen, but it was something that he was on fire with. Yes. So true. Yeah. yeah. We wanted what he had. Yeah. That's it. And he, that's it. He, he, like, you know, and I've talked about this for years. He, he, he never had a proprietary no. uh, attitude about it. Like, well, no. all this works because I stand in the office of prophet and don't you wish you were me? I mean, mm-hmm. e- you think about it. Even Jesus didn't say that. No. When, when, uh, when, when Peter pointed out the fig tree that had withered, um, you know, Jesus, you know, he said, Hey, look, you know, this is really a, an amazing miracle here. This fig tree that you cursed yesterday is dried up from the roots today. This is impossible. This is beyond the laws of physics or any, you know, anything, botany or whatever. And he said it's impossible. And uh, Jesus didn't say, yes, well, I'm the Messiah. And don't you wish you. Don't try this at home. Don't, yeah. I'm equipped to do this. You're not. So just back away from the tree lest you get hurt. 
uh, right, don't try this at home. And, and Jesus actually said, you can do this too. In fact, in fact, you could say, you think this is phenomenal. You could say to the Mount of Olives, you know, be, uh, you, you know, slice in half and go to the sea. Believe what you, what you say. I, in other words, he practiced in front of them the laws of confession and faith and so forth. Confession brings possession. There, the, 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 the teaching was from Jesus. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is even Jesus didn't say what I did, you can't do. The church has told us that in many yeah. cases, but Jesus actually said the works that I do, you'll do and greater yes. work. Yes. And, yes. and yes. how unfair it would be to, for him to really instruct us to do those works without the same equipping mm-hmm. that he had. Right. And so you have to believe that. And I think again, in the spirit of Christ, brother Hagen had that on him of. Yeah. Y'all can do this too. Yeah. I know that um, some of us used to sit around and talk to him about his experience during the healing revival and in the voice of healing. And I, I remember there was a couple of evangelists that I was especially mesmerized by and their results. And Brother Hagen said uh, it was myself and Fred brothers and a couple of guys, we were sitting around talking to him about this one time. And he finally looked at us and he said, you're having percentage wise, you're having just as good a results in your meetings as they did. Cause we were talking about AA Allen and Jack Coe and Oral Roberts. And he said, you're having as good a results as they did. He said, it's just on smaller scale. In other words, the, they had more people to, to stand yeah. up and preach to, but he said, you're, if you, if you do it on a percentage basis, you're, you're operating in the same faith, the same gifts, the same thing. Don't, don't, it, what he was saying is don't get so, don't glamorize yes. that to the yes. point that you, that you put yourself out of it to where you can't expect that. Yes. And it, I mean, all, all of his wisdom. Um, was just so practical and so usable. It never was weird or spooky. Right. Yeah. In fact, he didn't like spooky. And if any spooky people came around him, <laughs> you want to shut him down. Some people say, well, he just didn't talk. And I thought, well, he would talk if he liked you. <laughs> <laughs> and you weren't weird, but if you were weird, <laughs> uh, yeah, he wouldn't say beans to you. And, you would get on the never again list. So, you know, <laughs> just saying. Yeah, <laughs> but, said I like how you said he wasn't proprietary about it. That is a really, really good way to say it. Um, yeah. This is mine. Aren't I something? But actually the, the, um, the commission or the, the mission that he was given, assignment yeah. he was given, is to make what he knew, just like the Lord Jesus, but yeah. make what he knew um, activated in the believer. Mm-hmm. Believers do this. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And take the spook away. Take the take the hierarchy away. Right. And and just activate believers. I love that. And that, and I think that has remained with me to this day. Yeah. Um, 
because and Tony too, I I love great ministry, mm-hmm. but I am absolutely excited when I hear uh, stories of just a regular member of the body of Christ yeah, laying hands right. on somebody and them getting healed. Yes. And them taking authority over the devil where their children are concerned. Man, yeah. it, it activates the body. This whole thing can't happen. And you remember Tommy Hicks' vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, it, it was, you know, those beams of light did come down on different parts of the body, but they didn't just stay marginalized. And if you want to, if you want to be blessed, you got to come to me. Yeah. If you want light and information, you have to come to me. No, that light spread until the whole body was filled with light. Right. Yeah. And so you, you think about a physical body. If there were only, you know, just a, a number of working parts, it would be, uh, it would be a um, disabled body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crippled. It would be crippled. It, it couldn't be coordinated. We need the whole body functioning. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so true. Everybody activated and there will be always fivefold ministry gifts, but those ministry gifts, if they're functioning the way that they're supposed to activate the other members of the body. Yes. They don't become demigods. They, right. they uh, activate other people. Yeah. I, I remember brother Hagen too. So uh, much wanted to, um, include he wanted to be included and then he wanted to include uh all parts of the body of christ i remember um one time at rama he got up in a seminar and he said i'm really getting tired of the term word church he said it makes it sound (laughs) inclusive he said it makes it sound of course you know uh, people were like, I mean, the whole auditorium went like dead quiet. It was the Mormon <laughs> tabernacle, you yeah. know, pin drop thing because he was like, he was like, um, you know, I, I'm just tired of it. He says, it makes it sound like we're the only ones with truth. And he, he knew that in the office that he stood in as a prophet, that that was a very dangerous ramp of exit to get off of, you know, it, it was what the, the, the devil would tempt the prophet with that me and my group, we're the only ones with truth. We're the only ones that have any light to offer. And if you don't say it, like we say it and do it, like we do it, you don't count. And he knew that that was a slippery slope. Yeah. Deception. And he, he avoided it like the plague. He, so anytime somebody tried to be again, tried to make what Rama had, or the faith movement had the word of faith camp or whatever, uh, exclusive and proprietary. Uh, he, he really did not like that at all. No. And, uh, he, as, as you know, he would go to churches and preach that were not what you would consider a word of faith ministry. They yeah. were into something else. And if anybody challenged him on going there, he would say, well, I'm going there. They're part of the body of Christ. And I'm, he, he forced himself in a way to participate, which is great. If anybody knew the history of how rejected he was. So, so I, I know. 
He would try to participate and have the door slammed in his face. But he kept him on the door anyway. That's right. I love that. Because he, he wanted to represent Jesus' sentiment for the body. Yeah. He wasn't representing his own feeling or his right. own reaction to other people's acceptance of him. Uh, Jesus loves the body and gave himself for it. I remember one time, you guys, that um, somebody put uh, advertised his meetings as um, faith crusades. And he got upset. He said, who changed this? He said, these are faith crusades. They're all faith crusades. Yes. Oh, yeah. Meaning every denomination, every group's of, of, of invited. Exactly. And he, he wasn't, it wasn't just a, a focus on the doctrine of faith. The reason he had those meetings were, uh, it was a wide funnel that all faiths could come in. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings up something else of, of the spirit of that. I think it's on all of us. I, I hope that it is. is oh, God help it. Yes. Salvation is for all people. Yes. And then when you get inside the body of Christ, Brother Hagen, I think, felt that, hey, uh, faith is not just for faith people. Faith people, you know. Yes. People from the faith movement. Faith yes. was for everybody. Exactly. Spirit is not just for Pentecostal people. That's for everybody. You can be Roman Catholic and be filled with the Spirit. Absolutely. It was the Spirit of the, you know, in a sense, the the attitude or the mindset of the charismatic movement. Brother Hagen embraced it totally because he he saw the openness there. Finally. You know, you don't have to get a, you don't have to scrub all your makeup off and take off your earrings and put your hair up, you know, to the Tower of Babel <laughs> to, to be a, a Holy Ghost person. You could actually look pretty and be a Holy Ghost person. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I told Scarlett, I said, you know, when you look at some of the, the culture of Pentecost at the time of the charismatic renewal. No wonder God had to move that way. Who could, who could <laughs> yeah. join themselves? You look like you're, you know, in some cult or something, you know. Yeah. I know. I, I've considered that. I've considered that, you guys. And I've, I have, I mean, for us right now, is there anything you have to move around? Have we made a hurdle? Mm-hmm. Right. Making yeah. it hard for this message. Is there something that we have embraced as you that it really isn't you? It's us mm-hmm. that you, you've moved through, but yeah. Now it's, now it's in the way. Now it's a boulder. Yeah. I, I don't want that. No. No, because we, we can't love our tradition, even if it's meaningful to us. We can't love our tradition more than we love people and, and getting God to people. Yeah. No, exactly. Well, anyway, you know, this, this program is supposed to be about you, Patsy, and we've made it about <laughs> Brother Hagan, but I think he's made such an impact on all of our lives. Yeah. Um, it's been so much fun. I, know. <laughs> I wanted to say something about this, uh, the Scarlet's heart and purpose for these podcasts is she, she's wanting to do this is, I love it. Young women, especially. I mean, it can be, you know, not so young, but 
especially young women, you know, to the, they can follow their dreams. They can, they can be, you know, e- either in the ministry or in business or whatever, uh, uh, you know, in some career, uh, and just be a woman of substance that makes a difference. Uh, her book, God Loves Women, yes. uh, is, is, is about that. I think that you, uh, women like you and my beautiful wife, Scarlett, <laughs> and a few others that we could name, uh, really, uh, inspired my heart for women to be strong and to be leaders, uh, because you weren't feminazis <laughs> about it, so to speak. Yeah. You know, you, you never, I, I never remember you or, um, uh, in, in Scarlett's ministry or, uh, some others. I never remember you harping and going on and on and on about, you know, I'm a woman and, and, uh, some men don't want to listen to me and I'm, you know, uh, you know, in a defensive <laughs> posture and we've been exposed to some of those, unfortunately, sort of an insecurity about it, um, that, um, makes it, uh, not as effective as it could be. And I, I just want to commend both of you for your, uh, you just, you just, have what you have and you, and you, you know, you, you give it out when you have opportunity, uh, doors of others. And I, I just, thank you. I just really, I, I mean, I've noticed it and I think it's wonderful because the other, uh, is as, as one of my friends used to say, a little of that goes a long ways, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the, the, the defensive, yeah. I am woman, hear me roar out of my way thing. Um, I think that what was it that you said was about uh, somebody had told his daughter about being. Oh, yeah. I think it was feminine. Ed Cole. Uh, his daughter was becoming an attorney and kind of a man's world at that time. Right. Years ago. And uh, he told her, he said, your greatest strength is being feminine. And, um, and I thought, you know, it is really a strength to be who we are, to be authentic, to be genuine. And, uh, right. I, I, I think that goes a long way. And yes, like David said, Patsy, you've always been just uh, a model of that, of, you know, re of being real and right. <laughs> just, you know, and, and not trying to be godly, you just are godly. And not trying to be holy, you are. You know, it's just it's a beautiful thing. And it is. Uh, it has meant so much to my life. And uh, I, you know, like you said a while ago, I had the opportunity to be your roommate, and um, so I saw you, you know, morning and night, <laughs> and, and uh, just. That brings up a great story. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say you were beautiful all the time. You were just loving, yes. loving God. And yes. now let me tell this, but don't forget what you're okay. going to say. And so one day before school, I was in horrible pain one day, horrible. Now I'm, you know, just coming out of a denominational church, just learning about the things of the spirit yeah. and healing, et cetera. So, I mean, I, I said, Patsy, I, I can't even breathe. I'm hurting so badly. And Patsy laid hands on me. Now, this was the first time that I had really encountered this kind of faith <laughs> and prayer. And it almost scared me. I thought, oh, if I had been the devil, I would have left. <laughs> 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 because Patsy, like, 
I mean, she took, and it wasn't a, it wasn't a show. Right. It was the Holy Ghost and took authority over that instantly. I was healed and got up, went to school that day and never had another problem. But, um, you know, you, your love and your compassion and, you know, just the steadfastness of prayer and faith in your life and commitment to the word. Oh, yeah. And, Amen. <laughs> and you would come to our church and preach and you taught us, uh, by example, that, that we could flow in the spirit, you know, and, and it wasn't just all about you when you came. You would activate, just like you were saying about Brother Hagen, right. you would activate the congregation to, to flow and to, to, uh, you know, sing a, a song from the Lord or to, right. <laughs> to have a tongue and interpretation and it, it really is so powerful. Um, and so I appreciate that so much. Okay. Tell what you're going Well, uh, Scarlett, <laughs> Scarlett told me the story about when, you know, you and, uh, and Candace had a, a vacancy for a roommate and, <laughs> and, and y'all were talking to, to Pat Harrison, who is Kenneth Hagan's daughter and, and, uh, Candace is her daughter. And so, <laughs> Y'all were praying. You, you told Pat, "We're we're praying about this girl Scarlett. You know, uh, if she's supposed to be our roommate. I mean, this was this was really wanting to be led by the Spirit. I can understand that you can get a bad roommate and have to get a restraining order or something. You know. But anyway, uh, this is uh, is this going to be? Our, is she the one? Is she right for this? You know, honor and position. <laughs> and Pat said. Well, can she pay the rent? That's what you need to know. <laughs> and I, love, I love the practicality. Of, I do too. Leave it to Pat. It's so like good. Pat hasn't considered that part. Just you know. Can she strong. pay the rent? But I love that. Can she pay the rent? <laughs> Isn't that wonderful about Mom and Dad Hagen and and Pat and Pastor? Yeah. You know Hagen, they're all just. So practical. So practical. Really, really practical. Isn't it wonderful? I think, I think too, um, you know, I, I can't remember what I did. Uh, I can't remember what it was exactly that sparked this, but I think I was expecting somebody to do something. I asked somebody to do something for me and mom Hagen, she said, don't you ever get that queen bee spirit. <laughs> queen bee spirit. That's a book right there. And she said, there's a book right there. She said, you will, she said, doesn't matter what God, how God uses you. She said, you never ever become somebody, you know, that is expecting other people to right. do everything for you. Yeah. She said, don't be that way. That stuck with me too. <laughs> yeah, mom gave me a word of correction from time to time, like weekly. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a miracle I survived anything. I'm telling you. I, I told Scarlett, I said, oh God, I was such a punk. <laughs> we were. But I have to say, you know, Scarlett, when I saw that you were going to be doing these podcasts, and I'm so glad that I, um, how long have you been doing this now? Have this you just is, been starting? This is maybe, yeah, just this probably is the 10th episode. So just, it's just so wonderful. And I love, 
um, I just love being in the, in the first chunk, you know, (laughs) and, um, but when I saw that you were going to be doing this, I was so, so excited because, um, such as you have, you give and what, how David's, how David has described, David, that was really kind. That was really good. But I, I have to say to activate ladies the right way, they mm-hmm. need to have the right example. And you are. And, um, yes. And I love that you're a doctor. <laughs> I just wanted to, I just wanted to tell everybody I was her roommate. <laughs> I just think it's so, so wonderful. Uh, and you, by doing what you do, I know Jesus said something in John the 17th chapter. He said, I sanctify myself so that I can sanctify them. Yes. And you can't inspire people to something that you're not inspired with. Yeah. You can't inspire somebody to some, to, um, to a life that is not valuable to you. Right. And so, um, I love that a life of value, a life of continuing to learn and not just being cavalier with stuff and really wanting the best and God's best. Mm-hmm. And without being weird, being real at the same time, um, yeah. having models for that is really important. And I know God will keep leading you um, in in the, this podcast as you keep finding women because they're there. And yeah. they're being more and more. Yeah. And, uh, and because I know, David, you're right, we have made this so much better. But... <laughs> I think it's wonderful that I never, I never had to defend myself as a woman to minister because my dad always confirmed, you know, he, he never ever even drew attention to the fact I was a woman, but he just, if you had a call, then do it. Obey God. Yeah. And so, and then brother Hagen was such a champion for women ministering. Yes. And not just ministering, but women doing what God's called them to do. Right. And then, um, and then my husband's that way. And you, you have a husband yeah. that way, you know, <laughs> just, just, you know, helps you go, gives yeah. you things to go with. Yeah. And again, I believe it's for the times that we are in, uh, God needs the whole body activated, yeah. not That's just right. one gender, not just by full gifts. Right. He needs people in every area. He needs people in the business area, in the professions. He needs people right. in every in every um, uh, area of society. Yes, and excelling in those areas, women mm. who influence in those areas. Yes. So the things that those characteristics that David was was highlighting aren't just for pulpit ministries therefore like like you mentioned that uh, dr ed cole's daughter as an attorney mm-hmm. it's everything everything yes. that you do right so i love that and i i believe that there are just going to be amazing well there are amazing women 
Yeah. And um, yes. they'll be highlighted more and they'll activate others. Yes. And young girls at this time, that they yes. don't get into just themselves, but they get activated with the call of yes. God on their lives. That's right. Isn't it um, so freeing to yeah. be free from yourself? Yes. yes, it is. I, um, uh, one of the, one of these episodes, I was actually the guest. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm the guest on Women of Substance. Of course you were. <laughs> Say, my, where'd they find you? You know, but, uh, I, I was the guest on Women of Substance to talk about, you know, women, uh, in, in my life that had influenced me. And, oh my goodness, and so that was, uh, that was really a, a fun episode. And, uh, one of the, uh, you know, I talked about women that directly influenced me. And of course, uh, I talked about some that inspired me, you know, that were, I mean, they were already dead and gone by the time I was born, you know, like Amy Simple McPherson. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that I did note about her that I think is important today, you know, when she got in the ministry and built Angela's temple in 1923, uh, I mean, women were very much discriminated against in culture, society. They were still trying to, you know, march for the right to vote, uh, um, right before that. And, um, the church world did not necessarily endorse, uh, even the full gospel church world did not necessarily endorse women ministries like they should have. There was some open door there, uh, but not, I mean, she, she had a, She's trying to do her, what she's called to do in a man's world is the point. And that's still the case in, in, in some places. And, um, uh, there's, there's a, there's a real fighting spirit right now in the whole world. Yeah. Of, uh, you're going to use all your, your effort and all of your energy and creativity to correct all the wrongs in the world. This is the campaign. And it's a, it's, it's like, yeah, maybe somebody needs to do that. And there needs to be things that, you know, that are fought for, but if you're not careful, you'll spend all of your time and energy fighting for rights instead of just leading by example and go do something and change things by doing what you've got an equipping to do. And that's what Amy Simple McPherson did. And we need that again, uh, to be emphasized, you know, that, um, you know, I, I just really hold, I know I get it. I know what, uh, Paul meant totally when he said, you know, that in Christ we're one, there's no male nor female, Greek nor Jew. I, I understand what he's talking about where righteousness and salvation is concerned, but you know, you could, you could without doing violence to scripture, you could, and doctrine, you could actually expand that a little to say in ministry or in life, there, there doesn't have to be Greek, Jew, uh, male, female. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, um, something that just is always just in a warfare. Um, you, you can't go forward if you're just always in warfare. And no, so you just kind of, we all have to get over ourselves. I and just so let too. God use us. I think so too. You know, uh, if we, they said that about, <clears throat> Paul said that about henceforth, do we know no man after the flesh? 
And yeah. we don't even know Jesus anymore after the flesh. I mean, Paul didn't yeah. know him in the right. flesh. But uh, sometimes you just have to get over your own flesh. And yeah. that it that it's not it's not a distraction to you. Uh, use use who right. you are, but don't don't make it an issue. Just yeah. get on get on with what the thing is. Right. You talking about a, a fighting thing? This is just a little bit different, but it, it's been in my devotions. And uh, but it's it's you know how sometimes you said of trying to right the wrongs and and mm-hmm. it's a different aspect of that. But uh, in Matthew the fourteenth chapter. It's when John the Baptist uh, gives the account of when John the Baptist was beheaded. And um, it's real sad, you know, it's a horrible thing. And um, but I in looking at that really, really close and then uh, looking at the life of John the Baptist and his mission, uh, you find a portion. I think there are eight points of his mission in uh, in Matthew and in Luke. If you put those together, there was like a job description that was given to him when he was born of what he was to do. And his jurisdiction was to the Jewish people. And, um, right. And that he was to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, he did, he did. And Jesus's ministry began to grow. And there came a time when, when, uh, uh, John the Baptist said, you must increase, or speaking about Jesus, he must increase, I must decrease. Yeah. And um, uh, anyway, I said all that to just say, um, and I'm not I'm not saying John the Baptist was wrong in, in his accusation against Herod. I'm not, I'm not trying to go there. Yeah. I am asking the question, though. Herod, Herod was, he was, he was not a Jew. Um, uh, he was outside of John's jurisdiction. He was, yeah. uh, he was a heathen. So mm-hmm. he was doing what heathens do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, John's message of repentance was to the Jewish people in yeah. that time. Uh, and Jesus stayed with his mission. I guess this is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. John, John, stayed with his mission until he addressed Herod. Yeah. Um, and he got his head cut off over it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Jesus stayed with his mission. And even when, even when um, the Syrophoenician woman and the, uh, and also the Roman centurion, yeah. Jesus didn't leave his jurisdiction of ministering to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He didn't, he didn't leave his jurisdiction to get to them. They actually reached by faith in to get from him. I think what I'm just trying to say is, uh, if we're not careful as the church, we get off our mission. Yeah. Boy, that Uh, is, that'll preach. That is absolutely right. Yeah. You know, Jesus has given us a great commission and it is a great commission and he's, And he's, he's given us the, the way to do it. And, and if we're not careful, we'll get distracted and start chasing these other agendas. Um, mm-hmm. and, and not finish what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And so we're to do it in the power of the spirit. And not everybody, um, you know, Jesus's mission was uh, definitely ministry. 
and some people's ministry mission is in the in the um in the marketplace in the natural sector yeah but they they do it by mission mm-hmm. and i just think if if women will just stay with what god tells them to do if men yeah. will do the same thing if all of us do the same thing and yeah. not get agitated with right. yes. people not liking us or yeah. people not uh, not being on our same page uh, yeah. in whatever right. area. Mm-hmm. That didn't derail Jesus. No. It shouldn't derail us. Just yeah. stay with it. Right. Well, stay and You know what happened, David? And Scarlett, in the rest of that chapter... After that, after Jesus, or after John was beheaded, the next thing that it says that Jesus did is he went away and he prayed by himself. Mm -hmm. The next thing that he did was that he saw the multitudes and healed heaps of people. The next thing that he did was he multiplied bread and fishes. The next thing that he did was walked on water. This is all in one chapter. The Mm -hmm. next thing that he did was he ended the chapter with healing more people. Yeah. So... Rather than him becoming so distracted with what happened to John and then him going after Herod too, yeah. he's going to duke it out with Herod. Right. And he didn't. He, he yeah. got with his that father. So good. He made sure he was, he was connected to what he was supposed to do. And then he took greater power uh, of healing to the, ma- the multitudes. Yes. Miracles of multiplication. Walking on water for crying out loud, inviting Peter to do the same. Guys, I just think we cannot get distracted in these days. No. That's so true. And it's, it's really, it's really a, a simple way to say that is stay in your lane. You yeah, know, yeah. even in your, in your own ministry, what, what is your mission? What mm-hmm. is your vision? What has God called you to do? What are, what are you gifted for? Uh, what are you, you know, what is your supply? Yeah. And once you know that, stay with it unless God changes it. You stay with it. If that's all you do the rest of your life. Uh, I know just real briefly, I, I had a situation a few years ago. Uh, there was a controversy, uh, controversial doctrine that came up, uh, you know, in the body of Christ and it, it just, it infuriated me. <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. This is not right. And I was, uh, I went to my computer one day and I thought, I'm going to write a paper. I'm going to write a doctrinal paper. Uh, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to maybe publish it and I'm going to distribute it and I'm going to, you know, make it widely available, correcting this horrible <laughs> doctrine that I thought was just a heresy. And, um, uh, and, um, so I was doing, I was typing. I, I had the thing, you know, the, the, the laptop open. I had it on new document. Here I'm going to go. I've got my Bible. I've got to start with, with everything Jesus said about it and everything Paul said about it and everything everybody said about it. And, and, um, and, um, so I'm, I'm ready. I got my, my guns are loaded, man. I'm going to be the corrector of the whole deal. And so. When, uh, when I, uh, was starting to, I just opened the computer and starting to type and the Lord said, what are you doing? <laughs> this is so beautiful. The Lord said, what are you doing? And I said, 
I'm writing a doctor. I mean, this, I had, I had righteous indignation, you know. I said, I am writing a doctrinal paper and correcting some of, you know, some preachers that I know that are saying this horrible thing and I'm going to correct them in the name of Jesus. You know, I'm telling Jesus <laughs> that I'm doing this in his name so that he will be in And he said, no, you're not. And I honestly, you know, it's like, this is how God, you know, speaks to people that get it, you know? And, um, I was, I mean, I had my sheriff's sheriff's badge on and the whole thing. You know? And, uh, the Lord said, no, you're not. And I said, why not? It's scriptural and what they're doing is wrong. And he said, that's not your fight. He said, you don't worry about that. You let me worry about that. You stay with the message that I gave you. He said, you've got, he saved me because if I would have jumped in this particular deal, if I would have jumped into the middle of that, I would have gotten chewed up and spit out. I mean, it, it's, it wasn't good. And, and anybody would, you, you can't, you can't even fix a doctrinal or spiritual issue with the flesh. You no. can't. And I think that that's where, you know, again, I grew up in a denomination and I used to see them do that. I used to, they would try to, to discipline something and, you know, with a committee and a vote and a flesh and a thing. And it always caused more harm than good. I don't know if they ever really fixed what was wrong that way. And so maybe it's just our tendency, you know, to go there as just as people. I'm going to straighten this out, kind of like raising children. I'm going to tell them, you know, I'm going to straighten it out. And we get all authoritative and we can, we can literally be, be trying to do something with the word of God that the, you know, the, the, the end of it, it somehow justifies the whole thing. But, um, the Lord, the Lord slapped my hand when I look back now, you know, a few years later, and I'm so glad he did. Yeah, that was merciful, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise I would have been known as a railer and a fighter and a, and a disagreeer, which well, wasn't my heart. No. I just didn't like what they were saying. That's and right. I think distractions, distractions are just a weapon of the enemy. Yeah. You know, anything that would distract us off our course. I remember, and this is just a short story too, but when my dad was killed by a drunk driver and we got a letter in the mail that said, you can join MAD, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And I thought, I'm joining it, you know, because I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, sure. and I had the same kind of experience. The Lord said, no, you're not going to join that. And I'm sure it's a great organization. I'm not speaking against that, but. Yeah. It was, it was, it wasn't something that I was supposed to be right. doing. You know, uh, um, it was outside my, what, yeah. what I'm, what I'm called to do and what I need to be doing. Right. And so, you know, we can get off on things that we really don't have any business and neglect the gift of God and neglect right. the gift that, you know, that we have and that we're, so that's a great, great point, Patsy, you know, yeah. that you made. God help us. Yeah. And he is helping us. Yes. We're going to stay on. And I think, I think, you know, we all treasure, we all treasure those years that we had back there, you know. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. They're, they're really, really precious. Yeah. And, um, but I, I believe that we were there because of the call of God on our lives. Yes. Yeah. And though that call still remains. 
And I am really curious to see how it plays out in this season of our life. Yes. We're not in that season, but we are in this one. And uh, God set us up back there for this. Surely he did. Sure. Yes. Absolutely. Amen. You know, I was thinking about, um, and I think about you guys even, even, uh, uh, when I'm not with you, of course, because <laughs> I'm not with you and I can't be with you, but, but honestly, I am really looking forward to seeing all that God brings from, from you individually and them together. Amen. Because, because, uh, this generation needs what you guys have too. Praise oh, God. Praise the Lord. We believe that yeah. too. Yeah. And Let's we do have, this. I know. And we feel the same way about you and Tony. And yeah. I, you know, I hardly even introduced you on this podcast. <laughs> Me too. Same thing. I know. Um, Patsy right now is in Australia. I'm so glad that this technology is, it's remarkable, isn't it? Because you are actually on, on in Friday already. <laughs> yeah, you're ahead of us. Yeah. You're leading the way. We're Thursday night here in Tampa, Florida, and you're in Brisbane, Australia. Yeah. And uh, so it's already Friday. Um, and then you have a book, Engendered. Yes. And uh, what a wonderful book. Amen. Do you want to say anything about your book? You know, I had such... Um, such precious times in God in the writing of that book uh, and in the teaching of it, because I taught, taught that subject uh, when I, uh, it's a subject that I was teaching in Bible school and then developed it out for the book. But um, I, I really, really love the style that Jesus taught with. And I think we can learn from it. Uh, you know, when they were asking Jesus about, um, marriage and divorce mm-hmm. and Jesus took it back to uh, took it back to Genesis took it back to the beginning yeah. and they said well Moses says da 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 Jesus wouldn't even engage in that he said well Moses did say that but from the beginning it yeah. wasn't so he made him go all the way back to the beginning and he quoted things in the beginning and so I think in this time as the church, because we're ministers of the new covenant and not mm-hmm. of the old, we don't have to use uh, the law to uh, beat immorality out of people yeah. and issues that people have where gender is concerned right. and, and, and sexual expression, uh, you know, and varieties right. of different things like that. We don't have to use... It, Moses' law is there, but Jesus didn't use Moses' law to define marriage. Mm-hmm. He used uh, creation to do that. Yeah. And so that was why we used... Um, that's that's wonderful. In, yeah. in gendered. Where, what was God thinking when he made male and, male and female? And why? Yeah. Why did he do that? Right. And... Um, I think in the truth of that, um, truth brings freedom and yeah. not condemnation. And right. I think that as ministers of the new covenant, it would be really good if we didn't use condemnation yes. to help uh, to come. Amen for that. 
Right. That we bring uh, truth that actually empowers them and defines them in God. And yeah. um, that was my heart's intent. Uh, so it was good. not to spank or to, you know, bring any, <laughs> any, any condemnation yes. on people. It was actually to bring clarity according to the Creator. Yes. So, so powerful. Yeah. And um, y'all have an uh, orphanage, New Hope Children Orphanage in Nepal. Yeah, we do. We've had that now uh, for quite a, a number of years. Daddy and I started that, and um, it keeps powering on. It's a it's a home. Yeah. And uh, I I didn't want it to be feel like an institution. I felt like it needed to be a home. Right. And so <clears throat> there are parents, grandparents, and a lot of sisters and brothers from different mothers, you know, and fathers. Yeah. Uh, and their stories are quite amazing we had two little two little guys that came to the home uh both of their parents got killed in an accident and uh they lived in a a village up in the himalayas and they were going to be given to a buddhist monastery Mm. and the life for little boys in a buddhist monastery not good not good i'm sure so the town, the people in that little village, they said, these people were Christians. We should, we're not going to let you uh, take them to the monastery and, until they're first um, offered to Christian people because the parents were Christian. And so that's how we got those two boys. Oh, well, that's a beautiful story. Isn't that a beautiful story? I love love, love stories, you know. So anyway, uh, yeah, we've had that for a long time and happy to. That's great. And I remember in 1980, you told me you were going to have an orphanage. And here it is. Uh, Bible schools in Brisbane and in Papua New Guinea. Yeah, right now the ones in Papua New Guinea, uh, you know, um, travel is restricted to and from Papua New Guinea and to and from Australia. So. Those schools are on hold right now, yeah. but we are, um, we're building dormitories. We've oh. never had dormitories. This, the people would stay in tents for three months. Oh my. I There's know. some hunger. Yeah. How about that? I know. Yeah. Some real, real hunger. So they come from different, different villages and, um, stay for three months and then go back home. And, um, so we're just, we're using this time to, um, to get ready for expansion when, uh, travel is resumed. Good. Praise the Lord. And on top of all that, you and Tony pastor your church there too. (laughs) It's amazing. And travel. Let's talk about this website here because maybe, maybe some people want to order your book or, or, other products or connect with you for partnership. Yeah. And so, and support the, uh, the things that you're doing financially too. So, so it's caminetti.net up on the, oh, there it is. Caminetti.net. Yes. That's it. And, uh, we just can vouch for Tony and Patsy. Yes. (laughs) What a heart for God. We'll give you a voucher. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We love you so much. Love Is there anything you. else you wanted to say, Patsy? Sometimes I forget to ask all the questions. Um, no, <laughs> I, I think, 
I'd love to do this again just to be with you guys. I feel oh, like I have, I just feel so full. <laughs> I feel like we've been sitting at the table just talking. I love so it. Yeah. I know. I miss you guys. We, oh, miss, we miss you. you too. <laughs> We're going to have to get together when the doors open up. <laughs> yeah, let's do. But thanks for this, uh, Scarlett, and thank you for inviting me into this. I really enjoyed it. Good. Give Tony our love. Thank you. you very much. God bless. Love you both. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we just are so thrilled uh, that you were with us today on this podcast. I know it's a little longer than usual, but I know that uh, there was just so much uh, richness to this and hopefully you received all of it. And if not, go back and listen to it again. Yeah. There's probably little nuggets in there that There's some nuggets. can change your life. That's so right. God bless you and, um, uh, keep watching. The, there's many more guests to come. Thank you, David. Oh, I'm always <laughs> happy to sit next to you. <laughs> God bless you. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter, and we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles, and then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We passed our local church here. Uh, but we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So, uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. And uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.